Powers of the Fury is brought to you by Red Nation Online. Find us on Twitter at Red Nation Online and at OIT Fury. Welcome to episode 73 of Ours is the Fury. I'm Ryan. I'm Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, everyone seems to be in a better mood lately. I don't know what it is. I guess uh, two wins back-to-back, our first of the year. We'll do that. Yeah. And if you're just joining us for the first time, we are a podcast about the Ottawa Fury in the North American Soccer League. So welcome aboard. And we're going to go through all the games that happened just in the last, I guess, four days. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty condensed schedule now. It's the fall season. We've seen a lot of more Wednesday games. So, yeah, good week for the Fury. A lot more night games, which is always yes. awesome. Yes, love the night games. Especially when it's 36 degrees at 7 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so how hot was it down in Jacksonville? When it was really hot. Um. I listened to. I didn't. <laughs> so I, I say we're here there. No, I, okay. I, I didn't. I was listening to it on the radio, and it's about. They said they mentioned it about, like every second sentence was how hot it was, and so like, yeah, okay, we get it. But it was it was pretty hot. It was probably, I think it was about 110 on the on the turf. Yeah, that's hot enough. About 110, that's, uh, what is that? Third, that's like 36 degrees. Yeah, it's about 40, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So pretty good result. Fury won 2-0 in Jacksonville. Scored some goals. Always goals, nice. goals, goals, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Jacksonville, you know, not the greatest greatest of teams, but it was a nice, nice win for the Fury. Uh, Stewart scored. And Hayworth, both assisted by both assisted by Oliveira. Yeah, he was, and he was, he's been big all week. So, so Stewart, it was his first goal for the Fury, and he was, uh, yes, yeah, he's the guy that's gonna bring all the glory, apparently. Yeah, so they say. Uh, it was nice to see him play again. It was like it was his second start. Fortunately, I can't really talk too much about the first half, at least because Rogers. I was stuck watching Rodgers, and they didn't show the game until about the 35th minute because they were showing Little League. So I was kind of having to force to watch or listen to it on the radio. So I don't really know how well the Fury or Jacksonville did. Yeah, kind of. So the game didn't broadcast until the 35th minute, about? Yeah. So this happened uh, in the USL as well with uh, Cincinnati was playing somebody. They're playing like uh, like some mm. MLS two club, and anyway, the feed didn't work the first fifteen minutes, and it was like total outrage among the Cincinnati fans. And if they have like sixteen thousand on average showing up to the games, I'm sure there's a good number watching them mm-hmm. on YouTube. So yeah, their YouTube feed didn't work, and the and the league had to make an apology. And it's just kind of a problem like 
all across the lower divisions. You have these crappy local outfits. Yes. Yes. You, games. You'd like to have something a little more established, a little more concrete, if you will. But the game, how the, to watch the game. Wasn't this but, game I mean, on BN Sports in the States? It was. Yeah. And in Canada. And in Canada. Well, like only online subscription, though, I believe. Okay. But, yeah. I yeah. don't have BN. But yeah, I mean, I believe they rescheduled this game. It was supposed to be later on in the, in the evening, and they rescheduled it in the afternoon, which is kind of weird, considering how hot it is in Jacksonville and, you know, the end of July. Didn't look like a terrible amount of people were there, but it was kind of hard to tell. Yeah, I heard the attendance was pretty low, like 2,800 or something. Okay, I got first. it up here. 3,411. 3,400, yeah. That's, that's which, is really, which is really small for Jacksonville because they usually do pretty good. They usually do around eight or nine, right? Mm. So going back to the game, I guess so Oliveira's got t- two more assists. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is new? Ryan Williams. Did you see Ryan Williams, him? yeah. What, what was your impression of him? I didn't see too much of him in this game. I remember they brought him on. And he was he's kind of like the quote unquote free kick specialist that they keep kind of hyping about, and they brought him on while the Fury were taking a corner kick and he he skied it. It was nowhere even near, but I mean he's just coming off the bench cold like I'm like what do you expect? Yeah. But I um I didn't see too much of him that game, but I remember in the the game yesterday, which we'll we'll touch on later. He he looked pretty good for the time he was on. Yeah, so he's he's the one that's been touted as the f- free kick specialist, right? The yes. dead ball specialist. Yes. So not a good first impression, but maybe we'll see some more. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the game against Carolina, he was on. So. Yep. Late in the game, I think the 80th minute or so. But. Yeah. So Fury win two nil. Uh, what are some takeaways? Uh, How worth is scoring machine? Uh, what was the formation like? Uh, they're now playing there that that three five two, which kind of uh, inverts into like a five, a five three two. Right. Whenever they get defensive, because of the two, the two wing backs. Which I think for both these games are both Tissot and Edward. And they're, they're everywhere. Kinda, they're all the way yeah. up. They're end to end. Yeah, they'll move up. Like, if they're playing in the three-back formation, they'll move up a little more. And if they're playing five, they'll sit back a lot a lot more. I think it was a little more evident in, like, the last ten minutes of the Carolina game. They were just sitting back. Well, we should probably just move on to the Carolina game. Uh, the Fury won 2 nothing at mm-hmm. home on a Wednesday night. It lands down. Good, decent crowd for a Wednesday night, 4,500. 4, yeah. Um, I, was, I thought there'd be more with all the local guys on the team now, all the families coming out. But. Yeah, I think it's always a weird time in the middle of the summer. Everyone's kind of on vacation or at the cottages, and it's really it's still really hot in, in the evenings. So it's kind of a weird time, but I think 4,500 is probably pretty good this time of year. You'd like to see a little more. I think it will be as we go further into uh, August and September, but... Yeah, as soon as cottage season is done, it's it's a really big deal mm-hmm. for those people that live outside of Ottawa. Don't know the the culture in the summertime yes. here. It's uh, people get out of the city as much as possible. So. Yes, yeah, so Friday nights around starting around two o'clock, it's almost impossible to leave the city in any direction without hitting major traffic just because everyone's leaving. Yeah, it's 
it's quite crazy. Um, pretty good game. Uh, besides the hot weather, uh, early early goal. Haworth, he just seemed to walk in, just walk through all the defense. Yeah, it seemed to just kind of put a move on a defender, and they, and they just kind of the two to, the two. I think the two center backs, Mensing, and I don't remember who the other one was, just kind of bumped into each other and knocked each other out, and just gave Hayworth a basically a one on one with. Uh, Kira Fitzgerald, and he just kind of slotted it past him. Yeah, he tucked it in, uh, I guess, the left corner, the right corner mm-hmm. if you're the keeper. But, yeah, it was a beautiful goal. It was really unexpected. Was nice yeah, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, but, was... yeah, really nice to see Hayworth scoring goals. Yeah, do you know how many he has right now? Because Tommy's record is eight, right? Tommy Heineman's record in a season? So let me bring it up. Um, yeah, well, I, just, I want to say five. Yeah, it's ha- Howard said five. So it's like it's possible that that record. Well, it's very possible actually that Tommy, yeah, Tommy's uh, record could be broken this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just he's on fire right now. So that's good that that and so if he's at five goals, he must be in. He's in the top ten scoring in the NASL then. As well. Yeah, we're seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, great season for him. It's nice to see it after two years of kind of, you know, you don't know what you're getting from him. Yeah. Not not much else happened in the in the first half. There was a yellow card to Mensing. He was went in pretty heavy. And then uh Carolina had most of the possession, right? In the first yeah, half. Yeah, I mean sixty percent or so or Yeah, I think it was a little higher at that the half. It ended up at the end of the game it was over sixty percent. And if you look at the stats I think believe at halftime and even at the end of the game, you wouldn't think the Fury won this game. The stats were kind of just kind of overwhelming Carolina. But, I mean, I don't remember too many Carolina chances, like scary chances that was really troubling for Pfizer. It was weird, like Shippolani only turned it on a couple times all game. Yeah, he was very quiet. Very quiet. And Shriver... Shriver was on the pitch. I didn't even notice him. No. I remember when he got subbed off, he just walked off like by the net. He didn't even go to center. Yeah. So I don't know if that's maybe he got an injured. Uh, I think they were really missing James Marcelin. He was injured for this game. And they had no uh, Ormar Bravo, which was mm. surprising. Like, Did he even make the trip? He wasn't on the bench. No, I guess not. Maybe, maybe he can't get into Canada or something. Who knows? Yeah. Those weird things. Yeah, so on the second half, uh, somebody got their first goal at TD Place. <laughs> of someone who's played there a while, but not anymore, regularly. And that'd be Drew Becky. Yeah, poor guy. You got to actually feel for him because. He oh, was, I mean, he's. As I was thinking that before before we started recording, that at the time it was like kind of funny and to kind of like sing about. And finally scoring a goal, and yeah, thanks for still being on our side. But like after the game, it's like, well, it's just like his first game back, and he was always really nice to to everyone. And he was like, I don't say a, a huge fan favorite, but he was a lot of people liked him. Yeah, and, and he's and it was kind of a yeah, it was kind of a tough bounce for him, and you just kind of have to feel for it for the guy. He was just running backward, like he was just running towards his own net, mm-hmm. and the ball hit him, and the hit him, and went in. 
It wasn't like he kicked it in or no, no, no. Or he was just he was just covering his guy, running backwards, and there was just some bad luck. But mm-hmm. it was it was good for us. We went up two nil. Yep. And then on that course, and what I thought was awesome was uh, after we went up, instead of putting on more attackers, which we've done in the past with the lead. <laughs> uh, Daglish decided to put on Morrow, took off Dixon, so took off like an attack, a striker for more of a defensive mid, mm-hmm. which I thought was a brilliant move, and it worked out really good. That we had we had more ball control, I think, in the last twenty thirty minutes of the game than we did the first sixty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I see Morrow come in. He came in also in a Jacksonville game. I guess that's kind of his his kind of place in the team right now is to kind of come on. And be defensive when we have the lead. It's just kind of it's just kind of unfortunate that we really never had the lead in the spring season, which is probably why what led to him not getting the playing time. But I think if we continue to to go up in games and lead in games, it probably more or less time will increase. Yeah, and and De Guzman can't play every game too. So no. I think Maro and De Guzman, like they're not the same level of course mm-hmm. but they're the same kind of player like they're mm-hmm. they can play opposites to each other it can work out really well um another old face that was in town was uh Ali Hassan yes and it was kind of funny at one point he kind of walked by the section and and there was uh, someone yelled out we remember you Ali don't worry <laughs> <laughs> and he perked right up and started laughing <laughs> but yeah and he he came on in the 67th minute and he yeah he looked dangerous and I think he's always dangerous. I, he's he's just kind of the one of the players I was kind of worried. I was kind of uh, questioning him leaving because he just he always just manages to score. I mean, he didn't score against us, thankfully, but he's always a danger in front of that. Yeah, and you were saying before that his minutes played to goal ratio is still the highest on the team. Oh yeah, and in, in in club history, so. It's uh, I don't know. I'm always worried when he's on the pitch against mm-hmm. us. So, now not much, too much happened in the game after that. There was a lot of extra time. Seven. Yes. Well, they officially six minutes, but it was well over seven. Yeah. Someone happened with someone happened with Pizer. Pizer went down. Yeah, he got he got some uh, he got cut up pretty bad in the shins. Ooh. Like I guess he was actually actually opened up. Ouch. Yeah, and. uh he was saying, um, we'll have the interview for you. Kendra got a whole bunch of uh, interviews. We're going to put it at the end of the show. And uh, Pizer is saying, I get a red card in New York. And this guy, mm. like, digs his cleats into me and there's mm. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's, yeah, that's NESL officiating, which we'll get to later on. on a, when little, we do our... A little, <laughs> a little, a little controversy about NHL officiating this week. When we do our Tampa Bay section, <laughs> so yeah, overall pretty, like pretty good game, pretty promising. Um, like you say, the attitudes have completely changed. Uh, last week it was all fire and brimstone, and there's henchmen running around Ottawa. And this, yeah, just, this week. Compl- okay, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, this week it's a complete turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone was kind of. Uh, in despair mode, like everyone's got to go. Management sucks. Dagley sucks. No one knows what they're doing. And then we win two games in a row. And it's hey, maybe we can make the playoffs. Hey, we're a good team. Uh, it's kind of strange, but 
I guess that's the way it goes. And short memories here in Ottawa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you're if you're a coach of a major sports team in Ottawa, don't worry, just win a couple games and every everything will <laughs> everything will work out just fine. Yeah. So yeah, so back to back wins the first time ever. Well not ever, but this year. And something to build on. Hopefully the players gain a little bit more confidence. And still waiting on a, a bunch of players to come back from injury. Um but yeah, everything's kind of looking up. Yeah, there was, and we'll put that part in uh, Kendra's interview with uh, Paul Daglish. It's uh, he mentioned something about some players that are injured and, and should be back soon ahead of schedule. So uh, one I think we tweeted about was Bruna. We tweeted about as soon as we found out, as soon as we heard Daglish say it, we're like, oh, we have to let everyone know. But he uh, he said that Bruna could be back within three weeks. Which, good. Yeah. which I thought it was, I guess, I thought it was like late September, October, I was told earlier. So that's really good news. Mm. Yeah, it was definitely one of the, the players we wanted to see how he could do. Just, we just never, didn't get enough time to watch him before he got injured, but definitely love to have him back. I don't, I don't know where they'd, they'd stick him now because we've completely revamped our formation, but I'm sure we can find what's best for him. Out there, yeah, it's, he was probably the most talented player in the preseason. So, mm. um, yeah, so I guess what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll put Kendra's interviews here now for you guys. Uh, she talked to Paul Daglish, she talked to Pizer, and the goal scorer Carl Howarth. So we'll be right back after this break. Find us on Twitter at OIT Fury, Facebook, or email us directly at our Sissy Fury Podcast at gmail.com. It's bridges to the shore. Well, that's not both ways, can I? You know, I got sticking here when I talked about how we dominate the games and never won. You know, and I think, you know, I think it's important, you know, the the as I said a while ago, the honeymoon period is over. I've got to start winning, and the team's got to start winning. And you know, it's if you brought in, it's my team now. Uh, and when you take over an organisation, you're sometimes working with somebody else's players, uh, and it takes a little bit of while to transition. You know, and we had a multi-step plan to try and transition into the team that I want to be stood on the sidelines and 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 uh, accountable for. And, and I think when when we got all the engine and the sale of certain players generated the space on the roster and, and the, the finance to be able to bring in the likes of Eddie Edward, Maxim Tussaud, Ryan Williams, Jamal Dixon, you know, Tommy Stewart. And you know, you can you can see you can see the quality in the team now and the confidence in the team is, is absolutely brilliant. And I think, you know, that's two games in a row. We've got our noses in front with, with that, you know, with the front two have been absolutely outstanding. They've got the noses in front and then they've put on a defensive masterclass after that formation lately so I was just curious what uh, kind of inspired you to use that and what strengths did you find in well that? I, it was I don't really um, I don't really believe in formations I believe in principles really and, and I think you've got to be able to adapt you know keep your principles but adapt to, to maximize your chances of winning and I think you know there might be times this season where we go back to a back four but our principles will always be the same we try and move the ball quick we try and 
running behind and, and uh, we, we try and get between the lines, we try and counter press, work hard and get noses in front and we try and lock up shop. Our formation we're playing. You know, we when we lost we, we didn't get too down. You know, you could if you guys were about here, there was a great spirit in the camp, everybody was happy, they believed in, in what we were trying to achieve, they knew it would take time. Um, and we never got too down when we lost. You know, we still believed in what we were doing and we're not gonna get too excited when we win. It's only one game. It's only three points, you know, we we've only won three points, so we've gotta go we've gotta go recover and then we've got to get another three points. It only really matters the next game's the only one that matters. One before doesn't matter. Um, with the injuries last in the spring season and now, are you kind of at the depth of the squad that you prefer for this kind of? You know, we we might we might bring in one more. Um, I think we've got we've got the the option to to bring in one more. We might do that. Um, but Timbo will be back for Saturday. Um, you know, Albasi's only a couple of weeks away. Bruno's only three or four weeks away. So we we don't really need any more. As I said, it, it's taken. You know the the players that I've got here now, uh, every single one of them, um, is 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 my type of player, and we don't need any more. We just need to to keep improving this group of players and and uh, and uh, and keep trying to win games. Now, look in New York, I get red. I don't touch the guy. Look here, and he don't get the yellow. Where is the justice? Yeah. Yeah. That's a question. No one protects the keeper. You can hit the keeper. It's not even a yellow. You don't touch the forward. It's a red. Yeah. That's a justice. Mm. Um, you've had to adjust from four defenders down to three. Um, how comfortable do you feel kind of moving in and out of formations like that? It works. It works. I think there's, there's a few times we play with uh, three guys. We concede only a goal against Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So lucky give us a little stability. Mm. No, it's it's good until the next game because like in, in soccer, <laughs> something will work today might not work tomorrow. So we have to be aware that we need to give a lot to uh, to don't concede because it's never easy. Like the defense made an amazing job. Like the defender cut a, a lot of crosses. Also, the guy in the midfield ran a lot at the front. Uh, they were very active. So it was a, a tough game. Yeah, it was good. Uh, you know, we just gather momentum here. The results starting to go our way. So hopefully we can keep it going into the weekend. Um, as one of the original members of the Ottawa Fury, do you see yourself kind of taking on like a leadership role or kind of organizing players, uh, new ones as they come in, things like that? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think I have a little bit more of a voice out there uh, these days with the with the newer guys coming in. You know, sort of how things work around here, how, how we like to play, and and all that stuff off the field too. So it's something that just kind of came naturally with with being here for so long, and something that I've embraced. And and uh, yeah, I'll just keep it going. Nice. Welcome back to Ours is the Fury. Uh, we have a big game coming up. Big Tampa game, a big return. Well, an all-star lineup, really. The Tampa Bay Rowdies, 7 p.m., Lansdowne Park, Saturday. A good Saturday night game. Yeah. Cannot go wrong. July 31st, mm -hmm. 2016, if you're listening to this 10 years from now. Yeah. Yeah, so, Rowdies. So, I was looking at the roster, and 
you just forget about some of these guys, but they got a lot of big names. Oh yeah, they're stacked. It's it's kind of interesting that they're not doing as well as they really kind of should be. Yeah, we're actually ahead of them in the fall season. Yeah, that's crazy. Which, and we're not that far. They're actually the most catchable team out of the out of the higher pack in the combined season mm. too. <laughs> I think they only have twenty one points, and we have fifteen combined. So, a really disappointing season for Tampa. Really, I don't know why that is. Um, they have Joel Cole. Yeah, English international. Yeah. Bicycle kick freak. Um, of course, the return of Tommy. So watch out, hot dog vendors of Ottawa. Hot dog sales uh, will be going up. Ristov, Alassan, Freddie Adu's not even seeing playing time. Freddie Adu's just been sitting on the bench like he did in Europe. He comes back to Division Two mm-hmm. U.S. and sits on the bench. There must be something about about him. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's just playing style or he. It's kind of an off field, off the field issue, but I remember. That assist he had, the like, little scoop assist he had against us last season. He, like, had a really good game. on, But maybe he's just not consistent enough. I don't know. But, yeah, Rowdy's got a pretty good lineup. Yeah, and that, so Heineman, he only has three goals in, I, I don't know, 14 games he's played. So he he's underachieving. He's not, he's not even uh, – there's a few players ahead of him on his own team, players with less starts. Have like you know, Herzog has five goals and El Hassan has three as well, but less starts. So I mean, so that's what we were saying when uh, Tampa made uh, that offer and bought, or not bought, I guess, just kind of signed Tommy. That they're paying for the the Tommy of the playoffs last year, but they're gonna get regular Tommy. It looks like they got regular Tommy, probably even a little worse. Yeah, I noticed I watched a bit of the the game against Oklahoma. And uh, same old Tommy. Uh, The balls were bouncing off him. He was falling down, turning it over. Mm. Uh, You know, chances were wasted. He only kicks with his right foot, like, all the time. Mm. There's there's no passing. There's no... It's always the right foot. So, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting uh, how much, you know, they're paying him and all that and we'll see what Tommy shows up on Saturday. Mhm. He should be fired up. I you I would assume coming back. Um yeah, just what happened to that that Tommy of the playoffs where where he's just lighting up, he couldn't be stopped. Yeah. I guess Tampa's Tampa Bay's going to have to figure that out sooner rather than later because they're kind of dropping down in the standings. Yeah, and and only one of his goals this year was a header as well. And that's his signature thing, right? Like, mm. so <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I, one of my favorite players of all time, PC of the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, mm. has been transferred to Tampa Bay. Apparently, has not. Really? I've heard. I was kind of just kind of browsing t- Twitter before we started recording. This is uh, Thursday night, and apparently, PC is still on the Strikers. He's going to play on with them on Saturday. What, what is going on in this league? Yeah, this is reported by multiple. I think the Tailgate Podcast reported it. A Spanish reporter, a local Spanish reporter, reported it that he was still kind of he was still with Fort Lauderdale. Amazing. So I don't I don't know what's going on, but yeah, it was 
I remember when I first heard it, I'm like, that's pretty much the end of Fort Lauderdale, I think, if they do trade him or sell him. Because that's basically just saying we're just not even trying anymore. Wow. So he's on the play for the Strikers this weekend. That's what I heard today. He's still with the Strikers, and they expect him to play on Saturday. And this whole this whole transfer is it's not happening or delayed? It could be happening. It might have just had a snag on it. Who knows? Wow. But as, as far as we know, PC is still a Fort Lauderdale Striker. So we will not not see him on Saturday. You just ruined my weekend. <laughs> he's my favorite player to taunt in the whole NASL. He is great to taunt. He's a great player, but he's great to taunt. And he, and he takes it well, too. He actually uh, <laughs> laugh and give you a slow clap or whatever. So, Yeah, Tampa Bay, coming off a loss, they, played, they also played on Wednesday in Oklahoma City against Rayo OKC. They lost 1-0 to a... Sitter of a goal, Matt Pickens led in. Absolute, absolute. Didn't he just pretty much give it? Like it was an easy, easy save, and he it went off his arm. And it was an easy save that just kind of bounced up, straight up, and he missed a ball, and the OKC player just had a free header. I think it was Sandoval. I think I remember watching it. I saw the goal. Yeah, and yeah, Sandoval, former uh, RSL player. Yeah. So, yeah, who knows what Tampa Bay is going to come out. Otter Fury is definitely playing more confidently than they have been all year. They've kind of figured out something out. Uh, their new, I guess, new formation and strategy is really working. So we'll see how that does against probably their toughest opponent in, in the last three weeks. Yeah, and they're, and they're playing kind of a strange formation as well, right? They're playing that four-two-three-one. Mm-hmm. So, so it's going to be a crowded midfield. So most of the game is going to be in the midfield. Yeah, I mean, I expect it to probably be a lot like the game on Wednesday, where it just kind of sits in the midfield back and forth, and there's probably a few chances here and there. It'll be whoever I think whoever converts the little chances will will win. Yeah, it's you know I've never seen Tampa Bay live. I don't think because I miss one game every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year I actually missed two, uh, and uh, I've never seen Tampa Bay. So this weekend will be the first time I've seen Tampa Bay live. Oh wow! Yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> but, yeah, are they still sponsored by the Hard Rock Cafe? They are. Oh, it's a step up from the Hard Crown, but yeah. Yeah. Just but just wait till they get sponsored by some uh, old folks home food company. <laughs> <laughs> they can only wish. Big time. <laughs> so other stuff that's going on with uh, the Fury is uh, the Academy are playing Sunday. Oh, the Academy. We still have one of those. Yes, we still have one of those, and we were uh, we got in touch with them in the last hour actually, and the the game is at noon. For the senior mm. team, and then the junior team's at 2.30. So ignore the PLSQ website. Ignore the schedule that was put out at the start of the season that says 3 p.m. at Algonquin, because it's actually noon at Algonquin, and the second game's at 2.30 for the junior academy. So, That's good. Yeah. That's nice. The- That's nice they kind of offset it a little bit so you can watch that game go home and still have time to make it out to Lansdowne. 
Yeah, for for the Red Blacks game. Mm -hmm. Or you can go over the river and watch uh, FC Gatineau at five o'clock. How are they doing? They're like they're mid table, but they're still still a weird mix of old guys with like twenty year olds and a couple former uh, Fury players. So mm. it's a weird team to watch. It's a weird league. It is a, a weird league. It's but it's fun. It's like it's a really fun league to watch. It's very entertaining soccer. Yeah, it's and you never know what you're gonna get. It's a different style. Like, mm -hmm. d different teams come in, and you're like, oh, whoa! Like this team's fully technical and all tactics, and then you. But you have none of this over the top stuff. No. Uh, if any team plays that way, the Fury were the ones playing that way the most, which they are the smallest team in the league. Oh yeah, by far. So they're but yeah, so yeah, so come on out. Tickets always free. Yeah. Free admission. It's the best value for your dollar. Just yeah. bring bring drink bring water and bring uh bring uh, spiked water. <laughs> they're playing uh, FC Lana Dare. I never can say this right. Lana Dare. And uh They're a new team, right? They're, they're a new team. team, yeah. It's their first year. And uh, I guess the seventh team in the PLSQ. Next year, uh, the Quebec Dynamo join the league, which is going to be mm -hmm. exciting. So, but Fury, they haven't won anything yet. They're, the, the academy's still bottom of the table. And uh, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. Yeah, but they always seem to get better as the season progresses. I don't know why. They're pretty young. They're pretty young mm -hmm. group of guys. Um, we were digging around and trying to find out some information about the academy today, and uh, something that's very interesting is uh, Venters, the new head coach. Really? Yeah. So he's injured, but he's still. Uh, they're getting their money's worth out of him. That's good. Yeah. He's got something to do. So he's the new coach of the senior. Of the senior academy, yeah. <laughs> okay. And the assistant coach, forgive me, I don't remember his name is still the assistant coach, but also the coach of the junior academy. Yeah. So it's just had some changes since uh, Darko Buser was the head of the academy before, and he came from uh, the Chelsea system. And uh, he went back home. And, and since then, there's been a big turnover with the academy, so... A lot of the players are the same, but the coaching there's been a lot of changes. So, yeah, they really haven't, they really haven't um, advertised the academy team as much this year. I find. Yeah, no, not at all. And it's 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 fun. It's fun to go out. It's mm -hmm. fun to watch. Um, maybe it's because they don't want to put pressure on the kids. Like they're they really are playing at a level above mm -hmm. uh, where they're at. And you see it like they'll come close, they'll they'll draw a game, or they'll get close to drawing, you know, and then they collapse in the last five mm. minutes or whatever. So, it'd be interesting to see what they do next year because I know originally it wasn't the league they wanted to be in; mm. they wanted to be in another league. But I don't know if it was maybe if it was PDL, but they weren't allowing any more Canadian clubs in the PDL. So again, yeah, that makes sense. That's kind of kind of piece it together. That's that's what I feel. Is what happened. So, there there is some good clubs though. That that CS Mount Royal Outremont from mm. Montreal the team's invincible. Like they they could probably compete for the Voyagers Cup. 
they're leading they're leading the table with 22 points i've seen them play and w- like against fc gatineau and it's like men versus boys <laughs> it's unreal it's unreal and there's it it's a weird league and there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of weird old pros old impact players mayard right yeah pierre rudolph mayard he was an original fury player is actually leading the league in goals with wow. Blainville. Yeah. So and and uh Philippe Davies, he was he was a Fury player that left and went back home for like f- personal reasons, family reasons. Mm. And uh, he was just a coach in Longueuil, but now he's a player. Yeah. He was actually like player of the week this week. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Mm. And speaking of player of the week, and we have some in the NASL too. We had two NSL team players or players of of the team of the week. Is it is it guys Whatever. who scored? Because that's what they used to. No. <laughs> well, Oliver he had two assists, and Roseboom, he's he's played really really well in multiple positions. He's been very consistent mm-hmm. lately and like very steady. Yeah, no. As we mentioned this last week, he was kind of like one of these players we thought we'd kind of ride the bench and just kind of come on and see limited time, but he's just come on and just taken a spot on the starting 11 just you can't take me off because i'm playing so well and plays well every single week and no matter where they stick him they stuck him in multiple positions but he always it's always very consistent and uh fun to watch and good for him yeah it'd be interesting so did you hear something about players coming from overseas yeah. or some sort, of, like they're doing some sort of. Like, this is super sketchy. This is coming from John Pugh's Facebook page. <laughs> just weird. Just, okay. He like, just suddenly friended me for some reason. <laughs> and then I just saw all these posts uh, that the Fury and uh, some kind of management group in Colombia are trying to get uh, some camps down there where they're trying to get. I think it's around 10 players to come up here to Ottawa to train, I guess, train, maybe train with the first team or the academy, I guess, maybe to sign or just kind of. Okay. Well, that's not a bad idea, though. So you might, no. you might find a player, to, mm. a future player, or get, expand the brand. We'll be like Fort Lauderdale. We'll be mm. big in Colombia instead of big in Brazil. Like there. But this is coming from a Facebook page, so I'd take that with a huge grain of salt, but it's, I think it's promising if it is true. Right. Speaking of uh, huge grains of salt, do you want to talk about expansion? <laughs> <laughs> we can't go through an NASL podcast without talking about expansion. Uh, so sick of expansion. I just don't... like. Just... It's, been, it's been pretty quiet since for the well, last Which usually means there's stuff happening. It's usually mm-hmm. backwards with this league, right? But... I know. So we know that Minnesota is going to MLS for sure in 2017. It's not for sure, but it's pretty much for sure. I think they're waiting on, I think there's some kind of hearing to say if the building will be ready or not. Okay. Or if their new stadium is going to be built or start building. I don't know, but there's some kind of hearing and that will, and if that goes ahead, then that will, pretty much guarantee that Minnesota will be in for MLS 17, but for now, it's kind of up in the air. It's not set in stone yet. Okay. I heard Peterson saying that 
they're leaving in 2017. But okay. it must be hard for all parties like involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and this rumored South South California, like Southern California team. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's not happening anymore. Even though there was multiple investor investor groups and all this. Yeah, I heard a different stories. I never really heard who exactly. Apparently, Sting was rumored to be involved. Ooh. I guess it turns out it was actually Sting's son. But I'm sure there's some person. I guess the rumors of this has kind of been laid to rest a little bit, at least for now. So we shouldn't expect anything to come out of there anytime soon. It's it's weird because you like the USL is expanding at a crazy rate, like mm. crazy. Like if if you have like electricity in your city, you're probably <laughs> the USL is probably looking at you. They're already at 29 teams, but what's starting to happen is you're starting to see these teams like uh, Louisville, Cincinnati, uh, Sacramento, like the more the more successful clubs that are averaging larger attendances, and they're kind of getting frustrated. With playing playing the teams like the FC Montreal or the New York Red Bull too, and showing up and having two hundred people at the game, mm-hmm. and then they go back to Cincinnati and there's sixteen thousand people at the game. Yeah, it's uh, very very split that way, and I don't I don't think it's very healthy for a league to be. The NASL has variants, but it's not it's not that big. But I I can't imagine the USL operating like that for too long because the teams that are drawing well making money they have ambition even though there's no pro route and there's no real way of doing it but they do have ambition to play bigger teams and bigger venues yeah. for bigger stakes and playing you know FC like you said Montreal FC and TFC 2 and there's you can't get 500 people in the stadium to watch it for free is really yeah, is is really no way of strengthening a league. Yeah, it must be a hard it must be a hard sell after a couple of years too. Like you have this first couple of years of excitement because they finally have soccer in your city. If you're Cincinnati or Sacramento, mm. and then and then you know they learn more about the league and then they're watching their team play like Vancouver Whitecaps too or whatever, and and they're like. Is this a joke? Like, it's hard to take seriously. So it'd, yeah. be, it'd be nice if something worked out. Like, if there was, a, for, for the United States, a second division. Or, like, if if they could just patch things up and have, uh, you know, the top 20 teams in attendance get together and, like, actually have a proper second division. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Like, you don't know how, I don't know how much... Of the USL, the league, the league's operating infrastructure is, is based on the money that's coming in from the MLS because of those reserve teams that are, for the most part, not don't have high attendance. Yeah, and you, so you have these places like Rochester that used to average like thirteen thousand mm-hmm. for years, and now it's it's a ghost town now, right? Because yeah, and that's kind of kind of the risk you run into that. The really successful teams now that draw well now, two, three years down the line, with playing, you know, reserve reserve teams, and then how how do they keep you know people coming back? 
people kind of interested and excited about soccer when this is what they're playing playing for week after week. Yeah, so hopefully they figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, hear, you heard this stuff about the the Cosmos having more competition for their building site in Belmont? Yeah, so the Islanders, the New York Islanders of the NHL, hockey as we call it up here. You can't have a podcast without <laughs> mentioning hockey. Gee whiz. It's in the Constitution. <laughs> anyway, so they're, the Islanders are trying to move out of uh, the Brooklyn Stadium because it's apparently really bad for hockey. It's more basketball built. Yep. So they're looking for places. Um, I think the first the first one they're looking at is across the street from them where the New York Mets play. And they're trying to get kind of a partnership with the Mets. But the second site they're looking at is, the, that is actually the Belmont site where the Cosmos have been looking for years to build. They should so do that. They should do like a TD place, have the rink underneath the field. Yeah, yeah. And it make it makes sense. They should get in, mm. get on it together. But, so that's a, basically another potential obstacle in the way of uh, the New York Cosmos getting a uh, soccer-specific stadium, and which is really hindering their growth and you know their brand, essentially. Do you do you still see them as the flagship club of the league, like as? The yes, league? but not as much now this year than in previous years. I still think they're the flagship. I don't think anyone's really taken on that mantle. I know okay, Rayo OKC is trying to, but in Miami, who knows what they're going to be like? Yeah, Miami's uh, just throwing away cash. It doesn't burn like, like it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but that's gonna take a few years. Minnesota could, but they're like we said, they're on the way out. So I still think they're still the for, the front runners of the quote unquote flagship. But And don't forget Indy, like we always we used to always make fun of them mm. for being terrible, but now they're yeah. first overall in the combined. Yeah, and, I still and think still getting good attendances too. Mm. Their attendance are a bit dwindling, but I think they get, they're going to be in the playoffs this year. I think that'll help. And then uh, the next few years, if they keep drawing attendance, they can definitely be the flagship. But I, I still think the Cosmos are the flagship as of now. Cool. But it's a sinking ship <laughs> as of now. Because if they don't get a site soon, I, I, I don't really see them blossoming. Or Yeah, I just see... NYCFC and Red Bull growing even more, mm. and that's been good for both teams that cross cross the river rivalry that they mm-hmm. have. So, what else has been going on? And uh, didn't Edmonton sign uh, Ben Fisk? Yes, I don't know too much about him, but they signed him. I believe Kendra interviewed him before. Uh, he was Canadian international. He played on U twenty three squad, the U nineteen squad, U seventeen. So uh, he's been to Canadian national team camp like the men's senior a couple times. So it's pretty cool. He was comes out of the Whitecaps youth system, played for the Battery, speaking of the USL, mm-hmm. went over and played in uh, Spain for a couple years. De, uh, for, who was it? Deportivo B. And, uh, yeah, so now he's back home. It seems a mm-hmm. lot of players are coming back home. 
this it's a, year. It's a big trend this this last couple of months. Yeah. Players right. going home. I don't know if that's a sign. Someone, someone, I think someone mentioned that it might be a sign that the Canadian Premier Premier League is uh, an announcement is on its way. So teams sign. are signing Canadians. Was it you that said sign them while they're cheap? <laughs> no, but they should. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what someone said. And then, and then the other comment was sign them before Hamilton gets a chance. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, of course, the it hasn't been announced yet, but the CPL will almost definitely have a a Canadian content, which will obviously raise the price of Canadian talent when it does. Uh, when it does launch, so yeah, no more itchy band guys. <laughs> <laughs> Can actually go out and uh, get some proper food. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's great for the game. It's uh, nice yeah. to see uh, Canada's really shaped up. It's uh, especially in Eastern Canada with League One Ontario and the PLSQ. Mm-hmm. And I know out in Alberta, the Alberta Major Soccer League has really uh, stepped up its game. Uh, they're really promoting the games, promoting the players. So that's nice to see. Yeah, it's good. It's just a kind of a base for what should be a successful sport in this country. It's just kind of growing. It's really its infancy even compared to the U.S. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's 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 kind of exciting to see it grow from the bottom, and and now we're hearing from the top too. So. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Before it was all just top. It was just like, oh, Toronto FC joins MLS, and mm-hmm. and everything was top down. And I don't know if that worked too well. No, I don't think it grew the game as much as I think they thought it would. Yeah, I think it but, it, grew, it grew their pockets in Toronto. Yes, yeah, yes. MLSC's pockets got bigger, but that's mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, but yeah, with teams, with the three MLS teams and Edmonton and. And Ottawa and signing all these Canadians coming in and the CPL coming in, you assume very shortly that, yeah, um, it looks good and the future of Canada is on the way up. Yeah, sounds good. So, games Saturday, 7 o'clock, Lansdowne. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddie Adu will be on the bench. Come see him. Yep, come uh, scream at him, Tommy. And we got our own Tommy, Tommy Stewart. Yes. So we'll have rival Tommy chance. Tommy versus Tommy. Yeah. Uh, get your tickets from Auto Fury or the Bytown Boys or Stony Monday Riot. Yeah, they're all on uh, Twitter uh, at Stony Monday Riot. It's just at Stony Monday Riot, and Bytown Boys is at BBSC. We know it. We know it. Bytown Boys SC. Okay. At, at Bytown Boys SC. There you go. So contact one of those guys for your tickets. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you guys at the game. Toodles.